You're listening to audio from Crossroads Community Church, located in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. If you want to learn more about C3 and what it is about, you can visit us at c3lehigh.com. And now, for today's sermon. This week, we're launching a series titled, Leaving a Legacy. Leaving a legacy, leaving things that matter to the next generation, understanding that leaving a legacy is what you and I are called to do. There isn't a more terrifying thought I think that we could have as humans than to reflect on our life and ask this question and have this thought, did my life matter? Did I make a difference? Did I leave an imprint on this world? When I die someday, is there going to be a generation that looks at the life that I lived and said, that man, that woman made a difference? I heard a story not too long ago from another pastor where he tells a little bit about his testimony, about the lifestyle that he came from. And he talks about how he uh, went to school for business and he and his friends, they rented this apartment and every, every weekend it was just kind of their normal routine. It was a heavy night of drinking, different girl in the bed, and that was their, that was their life. And he talks about how he did this for years, and finally, halfway through his college years, he says, there was one morning where he said, I was hung over in bed, and somebody comes up to the door and starts pounding on it. So he recognizes that this is a panic, this is a frantic pounding on the door, so he swings the door open, and it's his friend freaking out because one of the other roommates, they had left this pile of letters, letters to his family and letters to the roommates. And so he hurries up and he tears the one open addressed to him and he looks and it has this, this wording in it. It says, you couldn't have known, don't blame yourself. And he realizes just a few sentences in that this is a suicide note. And so he, they, he and his friends, they begin to search the, uh, the apartment for, for this individual and they finally come across him on the bathroom floor going into convulsions. So they hurry up and dial 911 and they, they take him to the hospital. And after being at the hospital for about an hour, the doctor comes out and says, you guys just need to go home. There's no hope. He has more than 100 different pills in his system right now. And so they go back to the dorm and, and they, it was just kind of like this shocking few you know, moments, maybe a half hour. And then they went on with their normal weekend routine. They went out to the bar, went out drinking. And the next day he's hung over and he's standing on his balcony and as he's standing on his balcony having his morning cigarette and his morning cup of coffee, which is normally what they would do, he's sitting there and he has this realization. If that was me, we would have still just gone through the routine and all I would have been was a mention at another party. He said, my life wouldn't have mattered. I wouldn't have made a difference. And he calls his mom because he knows his mom is a believer. And he's sitting there just weeping on the phone. And he keeps saying over and over and over again, mom, my life wouldn't have mattered if that was me last night. And so finally, he keeps calling out to his mom because he has a Christian background. And he keeps reiterating to his mom over and over again. He says, I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to follow God's plan, recognizing that following God's plan is the only way that you and I can leave a legacy worth following. Can I hear a good amen this morning? And I'm happy to say that that individual, he came to know Jesus, and now he's serving as a pastor out in North Carolina of a church of around 5,000. Legacy is just that. It's leaving life with a purpose in such a way that generations that come after you will experience an imprint because of your life, because of the way that you lived. 
Legacy means this. Leaving a legacy means this. First, it means passing on things to the next generation of value. It means that you're handing something off for future generations that are coming along, and that, whatever you're handing off, has value. Leaving a legacy means this. It means leaving more than a good name. It means that you're not just a reference, another name, but it means that you left something that they are living out of. Leaving a legacy means passing on things that last. How many of you know that wealth does not last? Amen, church? Wealth has a shelf life or however long you can have it without spending it. And then once you do, gone. Leaving a legacy means this. It means that you're living intentionally. That there's a goal, that there's a moral compass, that you have a pathway. And I want to say this, that living according to God's way fulfills every single one of these things. God is an eternal God, therefore his ways are eternal. Therefore living a life for him will echo in eternity. Money won't echo in eternity, fame doesn't echo in eternity, but the things and the way that you live for God, it echoes in eternity. There's nothing more valuable for a generation to have and to learn than what it means to be a Christ follower. That would have been a good place to say amen. amen. You can pass down wealth, but it doesn't last forever. You can pass down an estate, but it doesn't last forever. The only thing that lasts is faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Why wouldn't you want to leave a legacy that echoes in eternity? It's in following God that we find our purpose. It's in following God that we find peace, blessing, wisdom. It's, it's following God that we find guidance for our marriages and families and relationships. By following God, we find strength. We find a good work ethic. We find morality that keeps us from the sting of sin. We find strength in following God, and there's nothing that will ever compare to the importance of following God and passing on the knowledge of following God in the next generation. By passing down the knowledge of having a passionate relationship with Jesus to the next true, or excuse me, to the next generation, you and I are guaranteeing that our lives matter, that they will leave an imprint. Throughout the entire word of God, we can see a pattern of God constantly reminding his people to pass their faith on to the next generation. You and I stand at a point in history where it is more vital now than ever before in our nation that you and I pass on our faith to the next generation. Throughout scripture, we constantly see God reiterating to leave a godly legacy. From the beginning, after man's fall, right after God flooded the earth, he establishes a covenant and he says, this covenant is for generations to come. From the very beginning, the first book in the Bible, we see that God is thinking in terms of what is yet to come. Genesis chapter 9 verse 12 says this, and God said, this is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign of a covenant between me and the earth. I want to hit the pause button there. I did not intentionally plan this scripture for this month, which represents Pride Month in our culture. But I want to be clear that it's in this scripture that God stakes claim that the rainbow is a symbol of his covenant. And I want to be clear that we're not called to hate 
those who use this symbol in a different way. We're absolutely called to love and pursue them with God's truth. Amen, church? But the point still stands that God has copyrighted this symbol. As a matter of fact, in this picture, you can go ahead and show it. These are manuscripts of the Dead Sea Scrolls that date at about 1200 B.C. And we can look back in history as far as 1200 B.C., a little bit more than 2,000 years from now, and see that God for the past 2,000 years had said, this is my symbol. And it's insanity to take a sacred covenant, symbol that has been used for more than 2,000 years, to turn it into something that means something completely different than its original intent, and then get offended at those in whom you took it from. That's a little bit crazy. Can we agree with that? My point in saying this this morning is this. The rainbow is God's and it still represents his covenant for generations to come. Amen, church? Genesis chapter 17, verse 7 says this, And I will establish my covenant between me, you, and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to your children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and my, this is in my memorial to all generations. Psalm 145, 4, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare mighty acts all the way up through the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond what we could all ask or think according to the power of the works within us, to him be the glory in the church of Jesus Christ to all generations forever. Amen. Thinking in terms of generations is a biblical mandate for us. We take away three biblical principles from reading through how God continually reiterates generation, generation, generation. We take away these three principles. Number one, the word of God teaches us the power and importance of a godly legacy. What you do with your life and how you live deeply matters. Number two, we recognize this. We were created to make an eternal impact. You were created to make an eternal impact, to leave a legacy that reflects that you thought in terms of eternity. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here's what that means. I want to say this, works isn't how you and I secure salvation. It's the fruit of salvation. Amen, church? But please understand that what this scripture teaches us is the reason why you are alive and well here now in 2022. God has placed you here in the midst of this generation so that you would do such great works in his name that you would therefore impact the generations to come. He's using us. He's using you as a part in this grand scheme of things where God sees the beginning, the middle, and the end simultaneously. And he's decided to put you here at this point in history to use you for his purpose that will make an eternal impact in the end. 
You were created with an eternal purpose. Amen. <laughs> These scriptures also teach us this, that God thinks in terms of generations, and so should we. God thinks not in terms of moments right here, right now, a little bit of gratification, and eh, whatever happens after this happens. God thinks in terms of generational impact. But what robs us from leaving a legacy? What steals away the power of your life, living with a purpose, impacting generation after generation? What steals that away? Because the reality is it's not something catastrophic. It's not a catastrophic event that steals it away from us. It's not somebody holding you hostage in a single bound place so that you couldn't go out into the world and be effective. What holds us back, what steals this away from us is something much, much more simpler, it's simply living with short-sightedness, not thinking about the next step, not thinking about the future, not thinking about our lineage, just living in the moment. And the reality is this, is that short-sightedness creates foolishness. If you live for today, if you live for the next moment, you're setting yourself up for foolishness. Short-sightedness is neglecting to think about how our choices will impact others, the impression that we give to others. Short-sightedness is a complete disregard for the future and a focus on the here and now. We must see beyond ourselves. Amen, church? Amen. As a matter of fact, sociologists say that your decisions will impact the next five generations in your lineage. Your decisions will echo, can be seen throughout five generations to come from your lineage. Thinking about the future means that you realize after you will come others, other people that will bear your last name. And they will make a historical decision as they study their lineage and look throughout their family tree. They will come across your name and they will determine in that moment where does your name stand for something that benefited the family or took away? Does your name represent something that gave their family lineage God's blessing or was it more so God's judgment? Short-sightedness guarantees that you are not thinking about them, and short-sightedness guarantees that they will decide your future lineage. Your great-great-great-grandchildren will look back in their lineage, and they will come to your name. Short-sightedness guarantees that when they come to your name, they will determine that was a person who left a problem. What is our takeaway from these scripture passages that I just went through? It's simple, that God wants us to invest our time, energy, and vision generationally. That we see beyond the here and now. Don't allow short-sightedness to rob you of what God wants to do in you. Don't allow short-sightedness to rob you of what God wants to do through you. A prime example of how short-sightedness robbed a person's future is the story of Jacob and Esau. In scripture, we have the story of Jacob and Esau. Long story short, they were brothers that did not get along. Esau was supposed to have a double portion of the family's inheritance through his birthright, but he gave up his birthright to Jacob, his brother, for some stew because he was hungry. Now, I've been hangry before. 
Can I get a witness this morning? I've been hangry, and I've heard people, you know, Pastor, I was hungry during this sermon. Me too. Some of you, some of you who sit here and you're like, man, would, I wish you would finish up so I could go get something to eat. I have that thought too. So Esau, for a moment, he gets hungry and gives up his birthright in that moment. And we look at that and we say, how stupid, how foolish could you be to give up your birthright, blessing, inheritance for stew? But friends, is that not what we do when we're following God and we succumb to temptation? We give up the glory of God and what he had for us for something foolish and far less. So Jacob and Esau, this story goes on. Throughout Esau's life, there is a pattern of short-sighted thinking. Esau relied on his own ability rather than God's plan. Have you ever been there? Come on, somebody. He gave up the ultimate for the immediate. His short-sightedness blinded him from seeing his brother's deception. Esau couldn't see past the decision to marry a Hittite woman, even though it was forbidden because the Hittites were from a godless culture and have nothing in common with God's people. And knowing that this culture would corrupt God's people, Esau's grandfather, Abraham, forbid it, said, don't do it. And what did Esau do? He saw the immediate beauty of a woman and went after her. Esau seems to live a life never considering the legacy of his short-sighted choices. So what is the result of Esau's legacy? What did he leave behind for his lineage to come? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 through 17. See that no one is sexually immoral or as godless like Esau. Ouch. Who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what was already done. Not only is Esau's legacy used as an illustration for godlessness, but Esau's lineage are called Edomites. And their reputation is that they are hostile towards God's people. As a matter of fact, in scripture, there's this story where the Israelites, the people of God, are simply wanting to pass through the land of the Edomites. And what is the Edomites' response? Numbers chapter 20, it says this, please let us pass through, this is Israel speaking, your country. We will not go through any field or vineyard or drink from any well. We will travel along the king's highway and not turn to the right, not turn to the left until we have passed through your territory, but Edom answered, you may not pass through here. If you try, we will march out and attack you with the sword. The Israelites replied, we will go along the main road, and if our livestock drink any of your water, we will pay for it. We only want to pass through on foot, nothing else. Again, they answered, you may not pass through. Then Edom came out against them with a large and powerful army. Since Edom refused to let them go through their territory, Israel turned away from them. Esau was hostile and bitter towards God's people. So Esau's lineage was hostile and bitter towards God's people. My point is this. Esau's life not only proves that short-sightedness creates foolishness, 
And you can read, because of their foolishness, you can read about God's judgment on this family in Obadiah. But my point is this, not only does Esau's life prove that short-sightedness creates foolishness, but Esau's life proves this, that the legacy we leave reflects the life that we lived. Worship team, you can come. The legacy that you and I leave reflects the life that we lived. Esau was bitter. Esau hated his brother. And so what came from his lineage? Hate and bitterness for generations to come. The legacy we leave reflects the life that we lived. If you were to die today, what would your life reflect? In scripture, we see these long lists of genealogies. You know, the chunk of names that you skip over. You read three names, you're like, I can't pronounce this. And the list is probably going to look a lot like this. You can go ahead and show that picture. These are all of the descendants of Esau. This is his family lineage. You know that song we sang, and your children, your children's children. It sounds good, but then you read it, and you're like, oof. It's a lot of names. Believe it or not, the list of genealogies in Scripture actually has a purpose. The purpose of this list of genealogy is to get us to see that our choices to follow God will either bring judgment on our lineage or blessing. All of these names can be traced back to one man, Esau. And all of those names reflect the life that Esau lived. Someday, friend, all that's going to be left of you is a name. But what matters is how that name, how your name lived. In Esau's case, they can trace back through all the family and say, this man, until the very end, he was bitter. And out of that bitterness came a disdain, a hate, came bitterness towards God's people. And out of that bitterness towards God's people came God's judgment. What legacy are you leaving behind? Another way of saying that is what kind of life are you living? Someday when you have left this earth, there will be generations of people who have your last name. What will their last name reflect as a result of you being here on earth? Will it matter that you were here? If you and I give ourselves to God, if we live for him, then I promise you that your name, your life, it matters. I want to reiterate some points from this morning before we close. Number one, the Word of God teaches us the importance of a godly legacy. It's a biblical principle that you and I as the body of Christ need to hold on to. We were created for an eternal purpose. By fulfilling God's purpose in our lives, we make an impact on generations to come. God thinks in terms of generations and so should 
weighed. Short-sightedness creates foolishness. Don't let the devil rob you of what God wants to do in you and through you. And lastly, the legacy we leave reflects the life that we lived. Would you stand with me? What legacy are you leaving behind? You and I have a choice today. You and I can turn away from short-sightedness and dedicate ourselves into God's purpose and his plan. And I can guarantee you if that's the case, then your life, your lineage, what you pass down to your grandchildren and your children's children's children, it will matter. And it will reflect the glory of God. If you and I dedicate our lives to his purpose, then your lineage, you, you can pretty much secure it because his promises are true. But if you and I fall in the short side in this, then I can guarantee that your next step will be in foolishness. And foolishness does not have good results. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I want, I want my life to matter. I want to leave a legacy. I'm ready to dedicate my life to this cause. Would you, would you just lift up a hand, church, if that's you? And I just, want to, I just want an opportunity to pray over you. Lord, I pray for every raised hand here this morning that someday each hand that is raised, that their lineage would be able to trace back that the movement of God started with this person. It started as a result of a Sunday morning service. God got a hold of my, my great-grandfather, my great-grandmother, whatever it may be, on this day, and it changed the trajectory of our lineage. Our family came to serve God. Lord, I pray that kind of blessing over every hand that is raised right now in this moment. Your anointing, Lord Jesus, may your purpose be fulfilled in our lives, God. May we be obedient, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. May we leave this place changed and sold out for you, recognizing that you are our only hope. Lord, help us to walk in obedience to your word. And I pray that from this point forward, we would think in terms of generations to come and that we would seek to bring glory to those generations. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. This has been an audio recording from Crossroads Community Church. If you'd like to get in contact with us or learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at C3Lehigh or email us at info at C3Lehigh.com. We'd love to hear from you.